Hello, 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 are you there? Ah, hello. I'm Julian, and I'm really, really pleased that you've chosen to download and listen to this episode. I really appreciate that you take the time out to listen to little old me. Podcasters say it all the time, but it really does mean a lot that you've chosen to listen. If you're new here, then welcome to the Productivity Matters podcast. Now, my very first episode was a rather quick and quite tentative chat about email. And on this episode, I'm going to take a look at my email client of choice, Spark. Now, if I just press this button, can we get started? Now, the majority of us use email, and we use it quite a lot. And whether we like it or not, it's a primary form of communication. I'm not comparing it in terms of social media, like iMessage or WhatsApp or Messenger. They're forms of instant messaging, usually used for chatting, back-and-forth conversations, either between two people or in groups. Email, on the other hand, is less immediate. I know we receive messages instantly, but an email doesn't demand an instant response. They contain all sorts of information, and they're heavily used for marketing messages. And if you make an online booking for the theatre or buy something online, then the chances are you're going to receive the confirmation in your email inbox. Other key points about email? In 99% of cases, it's totally free, and you can use it regardless of your platform. So whether you're on Apple or Android or PC or Mac or Linux, wherever on the web, there's no mysterious algorithms that display your messages. There's no one company that owns email. And another point to note is that since a reply isn't expected straight away, then you do have the chance to consider a response and how to write it properly. Emails are pervasive, they're everywhere, and managing an inbox is sometimes tricky. The flow of messages can start to make you feel threatened by the volume, and you can't possibly get to them all. So there are a couple of things that you can do to help. When you receive an email, decide what you want to do with it. Does it require an action from you? Do you need to do something? If an action is required, put the email into a folder that's specifically for these type of messages. Alternatively, you can add it to a to-do list for future reference. I'll come on to that a little bit later. Secondly, if no action is required, do you need to read it right now? And thirdly, is it a marketing message? Unless you specifically want what's being marketed right now, delete it, remove it straight away. Uh, Then it's gone. You don't have to worry about it anymore. One of the biggest issues are the number of emails that we get delivered from businesses that we've had previous contact with, maybe only once, and we gave them permission to send us marketing blurb. Now, if you don't want to receive them, it's easy to stop. You just click the unsubscribe link that's usually at the bottom of the message. Now, firms have to delete you from their mailing list, and it may take a week or so, and you'll stop getting the emails. Now, this is something that I do on a very regular, especially an annual basis. Um, But I have a cull of all the emails that are being sent to me from companies that I don't want to get them. And it's incredibly cathartic. And all of a sudden, the number of emails being delivered gets dramatically reduced. Now, I only get the emails from places I want to get them from, which means I'm less likely to miss those I need to see. There's plenty of advice out there on the internet about email management. I'm not going to go into too much detail here. I want to tell you about the email client that I use and why I chose to use it. 
I use Spark email. It's developed by Riedel and I find the app very reliable and very consistent. It is free to download and use and it is available on the Mac and iOS. Sorry guys, it's only on those uh, two operating systems. There are paid for options which I'll tell you about a little bit later. So what does Spark have to offer? Well, firstly, it's compatible with all the major email providers such as Gmail, and Outlook and iCloud and Yahoo Exchange and many, many more. I'm not stating that these are unique to Spark, I'm just calling them out. Spark offers a send later feature, so now you can schedule when you want emails to be sent, which is ideal if you're working late at night and you don't want the email to be sent until the following morning. You can snooze emails too. Now this will remove them from the inbox only to be returned at a predetermined time. So useful if you're busy and you want to deal with it later. A relatively new feature from Spark is that of templates. So if you're finding you're sending repetitious emails, you can create a template, including placeholders for specific information to be added, and then just recall the template when you're ready to go. So it saves typing the same thing over and over and over. So if you have a report that contains numbers, um, you can create the, the template with report headings and put placeholders where the numbers go, and then you just have to call that back, add in the numbers, and send it off. I've used it a fair bit. It's quite a good time saver. I also like the integrations that are available. You can save an email directly into Todoist as a task to follow up later. And there's integrations with Google Drive and Dropbox and OneDrive and Box. Or you can save a link into Pocket or uh, Readability. Um, there's integrations with Evernote and OneNote if you want to put your emails in there. Um, I mentioned Todoist, but there's also Wonderlist and Things. Um, Asana if you want to save your emails there. MeisterTask. Uh, there's, bear, there's, there's just a whole host of integrations so you can make the best use of your emails as they're coming in. You can farm them out to relevant services to deal with later. And Spark is also available on the share sheet within iOS. So if you have something you want to share, then you can just choose Spark from the share sheet and uh, send it as an attachment in an email too. The search functionality is also good, and it uses natural language. So, for example, if you're looking for a, a PDF document, just type in PDF document, and all PDFs will be returned. Of course, you can also search by people or email addresses as well. Other functionality includes email signatures. You can have multiple signatures per account, which is really useful depending on the type of email that you're sending. So you can have a, a formal email signature um, for some people and you may want an informal one for somebody else. There's a facility to do quick replies, which actually is quite quite handy. You can just send back a, a thumbs up or a smiley face or whatever, uh, which is quite good. And there's also a, a built-in calendar which, to personally, don't see the point of that one. But anyway, it's there. Rather superfluous as far as I'm concerned. Finally, there's the Smart Inbox. Spark will automatically categorise your emails and display accordingly. And you have a great level of control over how this is done. Now, it's one part of the system that I really like, the Smart Inbox. It lets me see at a glance what there is to deal with, and I can handle them individually or as groups straight away. Spark also offers a business facility, Spark for Teams, which expands the functionality. <laughs> Put my teeth back in. This expands the functionality to enable collaboration on emails. There's shared templates, which I mentioned before, and now you can actually collaborate on an email before it's sent. 
It only works in businesses where Spark is the email client, of course, uh, but it's a great way to expand collaboration. Uh, colleagues can also chat on Spark to add ideas about emails before the final version gets sent, so it keeps it all in one place. It's quite neat and tidy. So what about the cost? Well, Spark is free for personal users, and that also includes up to two collaborators and up to five gigabytes of file storage. But for a premium service with unlimited collaborators, unlimited email templates, and up to 10 gigabytes of file storage, then it costs around $8 per month per user, which is a little cheaper if you pay the year up front. Now, in the interest of partiality, I've got to mention, obviously, the number of email providers available. There are lots of them, which obviously there's Gmail, there's Outlook, there's Yahoo, there's iCloud, and there's Airmail, which I used to use. But I started to have trouble with synchronization of emails across the different um, platforms. So I had my MacBook and I had my iPhone and emails would appear on one but not on the other or they clear on one not clear on the other it was all very confusing didn't enjoy it so i looked around and i found spark okay it's time for podcast of the week this time it's a particular favorite of mine no such thing as a fish this is a weekly podcast from the QI offices in Covent Garden in which the writers of the uh, hit BBC TV show, which is called QI, gather around the microphone and discuss the best and most interesting things that they've discovered this week. If you've ever seen QI, you'll know it's filled with amazing facts, interesting information, it's extremely funny. They've got a number of books available, which you'll find links to in the show notes, as well as a live tour as well. Now, if you want to while away around 45 minutes or so each week during your commute or whilst doing the dishes, then you can't go far wrong than giving these guys a listen. That's no such thing as a fish. And that's a wrap for another episode. Where does the phrase rap come from? So it's traditionally used in the film or movie industry and it dates back to the 1920s. Now although today's films are usually recorded digitally, when a director had finished filming a scene or a sequence that they were happy with, they would, and they still do, call out, that's a rap. Rap is supposedly an acronym for wind reel and print. So in other words, taking the roll of film out of the camera and developing it and printing it ready for inclusion in the editing process. There you go. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you have any questions about Spark or anything else, then please get in touch via Twitter at ProdMatters. If you'd like to recommend a podcast to be featured as my podcast of the week, then let me know about that too. Please don't forget to follow me where you normally listen to your podcasts. Just hit that subscribe button just there in your podcast app of choice, and you will get a notification thingy when a new episode becomes available. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, remember, productivity matters.